Happy Mother's Day. Did you enjoy that presentation? And you know the kids can't behave, but that's okay. <laughs> we want to see them as kids. We don't want to see them as adults like us, you know. This is their life, and I am very happy to see them. So, this morning before we do anything, we are celebrating Mother's Day. And uh, please join me in thanking God for the many mothers and grandmothers that we have in the congregation here. And uh, who are still valuing their roles as mothers, the most honorable roles with the responsibility that comes with being a mother. And that responsibility is to bring men and women of honor, fearing God, courageous, filled with faith and ambition to go to a troubled world and make a difference, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ in a world that is going backward to its destiny. The only builder of families is the Lord Jesus Christ. And mothers are here to represent him to build these families. Amen? Amen. I'm proud today of each and every mother in this church and everywhere who are taking their roles as true mothers. And I wish you all a very happy Mother's Day. Uh, we are living, you agree with me, in a, dif in a difficult world today. These are perilous times. What used to be a routine, that is, to get married and have a family has become an act of courage. Do you agree with me? The structure of the family has been shaken by extremists, extremist leaders, especially in the feminist movement nowadays, that have made mothers feel they have missed life. Some said, in many homes, a child is regarded as an intrusion instead of an inspiration. I'm quoting people. Too many mothers in the world today find it easier to play golf or be a member of a ladies' tennis team than to pray with their children. For some also, someone said, it is more exciting to hold a crystal cocktail glass than to cuddle a child. To build a career nowadays has become more important than building a family. The word mother today lost its ring and respect by many. And the words of Proverbs 31 ring loudly in our ears. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is above rubies. We wonder at times... Where are the mothers 
of yesteryears. I have a story to tell you, but that brought to my, well, I was sitting here to my mind about a mother I knew in my life. It's not my mother, may God, uh, I'm going to see her. She was a godly mother. Another mother. And uh, when she got married, I heard her say that we are going to have Twelve children. I said, whoa, okay. She had a career, very successful. But one day, I heard her say, I'd rather be a mother at home than have success in the world. With the, third chi- with the first child, after about a few months, She opted to stay home and be a mother. Second child came and third, I said, stop, stop. I'm talking about my wife, Sylvia. I said, stop, stop. We need 12. We're not going to make it. We enjoy our children. This mother is Sylvia and she's been a great mother and a great wife for 53 years. With three successful, thank God, and they're serving the Lord, as you well know, and I am very thankful. She opted to be a mother over anything else. So mothers, if you're a mother today, you should be proud of it. And you know, if you are a Christian mother, you are bringing children to this world and training them. To be children of God. I have a story I want to tell you. It might take some time. It's a long story, but you are going, I think, to enjoy it. A few months ago, the ladies writing it, when I was picking up the children at school, which is always done by the mothers, most, mostly, another mother I knew well rushed up to me, Emily was fuming with indignation. Not our Emily. Emily is good. <laughs> Do you know what you and I are, she demanded? Before I could answer, and I didn't really have one handy, she blurted out the reason for her question. It seems she had just returned from renewer, renewing her driver's license at the county clerk's office. Asked by the woman recorder to state her occupation, Emily had hesitated, uncertain how to classify herself. What I mean is, explained the recorder, do you have a job or are you just a... Of course, I have a job, snapped Emily, I am a mother. We don't list mother as an occupation. Housewife covers it, said the recorder emphatically. I forgot all about her story until one day I found myself in the same situation. This time at our own town hall. 
The clerk was obviously a career woman, poised, efficient, and possessed of a high-sounding title like a research, uh, like official interrogator or town registrar. You know, we meet them every now and then. And what is your occupation? She probed. What made me say it? I don't know. The words simply popped out of my mouth. I am a research associate in the field of child development and human resources. <laughs> I was laughing at myself when I was in my office preparing this. I said, I got to share it with you guys. The clerk paused. I told you, it's a long story, but bear with me. The clerk paused, ballpoint pen frozen in her hand, and looked up as though she had not heard right. I repeated the title slowly, emphasizing the, po the most significant words. Then I stared with wonder as my pompous pronouncement was written in bold black ink on the, on the questionnaire. Might I ask, said the clerk, with new interest, just what do you do in your field? More to come. <laughs> Coolly, without any trace of fluster in my voice, I heard myself reply, I have a continuing program of research, what mother doesn't, in the laboratory and in the field normally I would have sent indoors and out. I'm working for my master's. Oh, the whole family. And already have four credits, all daughters. She said that. Of course, the job is one of the most demanding in the humanities. Any mother care to disagree? And I often work 14 hours a day. 24 is more like it. But the job is more challenging than most run-of-the-mill careers, and the rewards are in satisfaction rather than just money. At that time, the registrar was completely lost. There was an increasing note of respect in the clerk's voice as she completed the form, stood up, and personally ushered me to the door. As I drove into our driveway, Triumphant by my glamorous new career, <laughs> I was greeted by my, by my lab assistants, ages 13, 7, and 3 upstairs. I could hear our new experimental model six months in the child development program, <laughs> testing out a new vocal pattern. <laughs> I felt triumphant. I had scored a beat on bureaucracy. And I had gone down on the official records as someone more distinguished and indispensable to making than just a, another mother. If you're a mother, you have a great career. And this career is research associate in the field of child development and human relations. Congratulations.
So I thought of sharing this with you to emphasize the importance of motherhood. And I want to bring to your attention, excuse me, today, a woman that was a true mother. And she wrote her name with gold on the, in the book that we believe in, the book of God, the Bible. Would you open with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 2. Verse 1. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bore a son. When she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. Why did she hide him? Because Pharaoh, in verse 22 of chapter 1, commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. This is because he was threatened that the Hebrew people were increasing, and he was threatened that one day they will increase, they will be a majority, and they will take over the monarchy. But when she, verse 3, when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. And his sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile. And she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the boy was crying. And she had pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women? that she may nurse that child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I shall give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew. And she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. And she became, he became her son. And she named him Moses. And said, because I drew him out of the water. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. One of the most important roles is mothering. God calls us to bring our mothering a high level of commitment and a right perspective in a right perspective born out of a clear vision and a biblical value system. The Lord created and set in order 
the Lord created and set in order the basic and solid foundation of the family. We read in Genesis 1.27 and part of 28, and God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This is the word of God. And please listen to me. This is the word of God and the proper value system of our lives. Everything must begin with God and no man can change it. Let us honor today our mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers, as Dean said, by looking at this woman that we call Moses' mother. Her name, later on, we learn that her name was Jochebed. Some people pronounce it Jochebed. It's the same, the same woman. And at the times of Pharaohs, as we read, the Hebrews multiplied, and an edict, edict was issued by, the, by Pharaoh to, in order not to increase anymore, every baby born should be thrown in the Nile. The Nile at that time was filled with crocodiles and all the wild beasts, so the children will die instantly. And here's uh, this woman, Joshebed, a daughter of Levi, and who knows very well her book, who knows very well the commandments of God, found herself expecting a child. And she gave birth. You can imagine with me to a baby boy. And you can imagine what this woman felt at that moment. She had already two children. Miriam, ten years old, and Aaron, about three years old. The intense Suspense that she lived with for the first three months as she kept the child hidden somewhere in the inner room. Especially, it was a boy. Imagine with me the kind of life she had after this, the horrible news when the nurses said, the midwives, it's a boy. You know, normally people especially in that culture, say, it's a boy, let us celebrate. She could not celebrate. She just, her heart was sinking down. I am going to lose him. Think of what were her feelings when, when she uh, saw him and got attached to him and loved him. Especially, the Bible says, he was so, so beautiful. And what anxiety. And maternal grief must have been hers. Put yourself in her place. But in the face of this, she didn't say, okay, I have two children, I'm going to throw him. No, not this godly woman. In the face of this turmoil, in her household, and possibly amongst all the Hebrews women who were expecting, 
the horror of the crocodile infested Nile transformed Jochebed into a heroine and the preserver of a boy who became one of the world's greatest figures. Born, she determined to fight for his life. Oh, I wish that every mother, and I'm sure, will have a determination. I want to fight for his life to become a man of God. Or a woman of God, regardless. As he lay in her lap, there was an inner feeling that this boy is special and sent from God. That proved to be she was right. With her faith and love, along with her courage, she said, with the help of God, I want to preserve that child. Five points I want to bring to you what she did. One, she knew God was greater than Pharaoh. She knew that she had a God no one can go against. Through faith, through her love, God would preserve the child. He who is with us is greater, what does the Bible say? is greater than he who is in the world. She remembered the words of Isaiah. She knew the word. Do not fear, for I am with you. This for us to, rem- to, remind, to remind us. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will surely uphold you with my right hand. And that's the voice of God to each and every mother today. It is hard today to bring children and to educate them and to raise them in the world. But remember, remember, your God is greater than anything that is in the world. Keep working. Keep toiling. Keep working hard. Teach them the precepts of God and you will never lose them to this ugly world outside. She knew that her God was greater than Pharaoh. And I call on you mothers today, never forget who's on your side. Never forget. The second point I want to bring, she was determined to save his life. She took she said, I want to serve to save his life. It, regardless. Regardless. And you know what? I think every mother should ha- be determined in her heart. I want to preserve the lives of my children. That's the challenge today. In a world filled with sin. I know, some, yesterday I was telling someone, I don't know what they are going to create in the sin world today to present to us. I look around and I see sin in its ugly face, staring at young people and at school, uh, everywhere they go. And how can they escape such a dangerous 
situation that is in the world today. Let alone Hollywood and what's offering us. There is nothing good that is coming of that place at all. But she was determined. And you should be determined. Mothers, you should be determined. Whatever happens, I am to raise my kid in the precepts of God. I am to teach them. I am going to bring them to church. I am going to pray with them. I am going to show them what a great life is to walk with Jesus himself. Pharaohs wanted to sink Moses. And the world wants to sink your children. There are no two ways about it. The world is after your child. From little babyhood to childhood to maturity, the world is after our children. So be on the alert. And guess what? Pharaoh could not sink a child of God. Give him to the Lord. Determined to fight for his soul or her soul. Three times we read about Moses that he was blessed with extreme beauty. In Exodus, as we read, it says here, he was beautiful. Exodus 2 and 2. And you know, in Acts 7, 20, he was described, uh, the, the word says he was lovely in the sight of God. And then, in Hebrews 11:23, he was not only a lovely child to look at, but he was fair to God. This was the creation of God. And God was determined to preserve him for greater things ahead. And let me tell you this. We cannot read. We cannot tell the future of your children, whether boy or a girl. Okay. We cannot determine. But your duty and responsibility, mother and father also, your duties and responsibilities is to protect their souls from the sinful world that is around us. Protect their souls as much as you can. My third point there, she hid him three months from Pharaoh. Are you hiding your children from this world? Are you protecting your children? So many people, you say, you are overprotective. You are sheltering them. You don't let them go out like, look at the other girls. You don't let them go and date early in life. At 13, they're dating now. Do you know that? Ask me, I'll give you some records. 13 on, they want to date. They want to be in the world. And you know the result. Of these things that are happening in the world today. Without mentioning them. It is better to hide them and shelter them. Than exposing them. To many things. That the crocodiles of this world. Will devour them. Do it mothers. Stay firm. And they will cry. And they will break your hearts. 
And they will say, what, uh, I'm left alone. I'm going to be a weirdo. No, 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 no. You're not. They're going to say this about me. No, you're not. You children who are growing in this church and you are teenagers. And I know sometimes you complain. Do not complain. When you come, when you wise up in the future, you will say, I thank God for my mother. She was so godly and protected me from this world. We don't want you to be devoured outside. We are only protecting you. Young boys and young girls. And she protected him also, another point, against sinking. She built a basket. She built a basket and put tar on the inside so it won't won't sink. And you know what? And the basket represents the Lord Jesus Christ. And every mother, every mother, I'm sure every godly mother, when the boy was born or the girl was born, she placed him into the hands, the basket of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the only place where he is or she is going to be safe. There is no other place. Outside Jesus, you're not safe. Inside, within the ark, you are safe. Remember the ark? Noah's ark? Those who were inside the ark, huh? they were safe. Outside, what happened? They all perished. She built this basket. She covered it with Christ. Though he was all alone and in danger. But one thing. God's hand, unseen hand protected him and kept him within the reeds until until the daughter of Pharaoh came and saw him. And guess what? And guess what? And she saw him and says, Oh, this is too beautiful a baby to waste. I want to adopt him. See what God, when you protect your children with God, He will even He will even make the world work for you. I want to adopt him. I want to keep him. Is there someone here who can help me? He needs to be fed. He needs to be nursed. And his sister was waiting behind the reeds and says, Do you need someone? He said, Of course I need someone. Do you know someone? He says, I know someone who can, who can feed him for you. What a great God we have. You think it's a coincidence, right? That Pharaoh's daughter came and not the men or anyone other one. Pharaoh's daughter. And God softened her heart and gave her love for this child. Please go nurse him. You have someone who said, yeah, I will have it. I have a nurse for you. No, you don't worry about it. And he says, okay. Plus, if you nurse him, I'll give you wages. And you think your child is lost and is gone. But God brings him back to you through another door with what? With wages more. That's how God works. Uh, That's when you put your children in the hands of God. That's when you prepare a basket for them. Prepare them. This is it. The ark. Jesus Christ. Whatever you do. Wherever they go. God will bring them full circle. To 
to your presence and will show you that he provides for their safety. We need to protect them. There is no protection better than Jesus Christ. Put that down and do not forget it. Throw his back in her arms. What happened to the Nile? What happened to the crocodiles? What happened to Pharaoh's shoulders? They all, they all digressed back before the majesty of God who provided for his safety. Now, what was or were her rewards? The results of all this. We know. Number one, her son Moses was given back to her. Right? She is nursing him. Now, the second phase, he grew up. The Lord allowed him to be taught, to learn, to be educated, to become. And then Pharaoh's educated him, but God had to take him and educate him his way. And changed all his education. Turned him around. He had to purge him completely. And give him the heavenly education. And this is where we need to emphasize on teaching our kids the word of God. And guess what? When you teach them the word of God, the world cannot purge it. Because through the Holy Spirit, they will maintain that real and genuine education that you gave them from the very beginning. He became, what did he become? Can someone help me in this? I I thought of this. He became one of the greatest leaders the world has ever known. I challenge you to find a leader today at the caliber of Moses. Someone said, duty is ours. Thinking of her, of Joshabad. Duty is ours. She did it. Events are God's. Faith in God will set us above the ensnaring fear of man. And do not fear man if God is with you. Mothers, when we give our children to the Lord, they will always come back to us and the Lord will bless us and reward us for raising them for his glory. Look what happened to her three children. When you go home, read it. Look what happened to her three children. Let's take Moses. He became one of the greatest national leaders and legislators the world has ever known. Now, how about Aaron? Aaron became Israel's first high priest and the founder of the Aaronic priesthood. Now, how about, how about Miriam? How about Miriam? Thank God, God gives equality. Men and women, the same in, the, in our Bible. And thank God for Miriam. Since, since the early days, The gifted poetess. She was a poetess and musician who was intimately associated with her two brothers in the history 
of Israel, of a nation. Three children, so prominent. Can you tell me who was Jochebed? Just a simple mother. A simple housewife. Do you remember? The registrar, what are you? A, a, a mother? A simple mother. And when you talk to people, you mothers and mothers-to-be and grandmothers, when you present to them, I am a mother and I'm proud of it. Period. I am a housewife, yes, and I'm proud of it. God is sovereign. Let me say this. Mothers, church, God is sovereign. He does what he wants and his plans are beyond man's imagination. He moves hearts. He moves people. He moves nations. He moves kingdom to achieve his purpose. Honor him. And he will honor you. These are my words. Your motherhood is a gift from God in raising and equipping men and women for the future. Do not relent. Be the mother. Be the disciplinarian with love from above. And raise them. For when they grow up, they will not depart from the word of God. Thank you. And have a very happy Mother's Day. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this day. This day where we honor mothers. And we thank you for each and every mother in this congregation. And all the mothers who fear you all over this land and the world. We pray today that will be a day monumental that we will honor our mothers, our wives, the mothers of our children, and each and every person related. We pray, Lord, that you help us to imitate those who went before us, to remember that raising children in the will of God, in your will, is the best investment we can ever make. Bless them all, Lord. Give them a wonderful day. Give them a happy day. And may happiness and joy be their lot today with their families. Dismiss us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.